transmitting live from the top of the Empire State Building on WBAI 99.5 FM Pacifica Radio in New York. This is Trump Watch, a weekly series investigating the actions of and reactions to President Donald J. Trump and his administration. I'm your host, Jesse Lent. Conrad Tokyo, Sparrow, Pistachio, just unnatural. Dog is off sabbatical. Rather watch an exigent. Politician, politician, CNN, and all this. Guardio, move with the fuck of Trump and the Healthcare, I'm extremely happy uh, that we got this vote. This is, they say, if you look historically, this is the tough vote to get. Now we're all going to sit together and we're going to try and come up with something that's really spectacular. We have a lot of options and a lot of great options. And the Republican senators really went out there. It's not easy when you have 52 senators and you have a block of 48 voting against you. No matter what it is, no matter how good it sounds, it's very hard to get the kind of numbers that we got. We ended up with 51 votes, 51 to whatever. I don't know what it is. Yeah, 51 to 50. So we had two Republicans that went against us, which is very sad, I think. It's very, very sad for them. Uh, this is just the beginning. We're not out here to spike the football. This is a long way. Uh, but we'll finish at the end of the week, hopefully, with a measure that can either go to the House and be taken up or uh, go to conference. And uh, so we're pleased to have been able to take the first uh, step in that direction today. Our health care insurance system is a mess. We all know it those who support Obamacare and those who oppose it. Something has to be done. We Republicans have looked for a way to end it and replace it with something else without paying a terrible political price. We haven't found it yet, and I'm not sure we will. All we've managed to do is make more popular a policy that wasn't very popular when we started trying to get rid of it. I voted for the motion to proceed to allow debate to continue and amendments to be offered. I will not vote for this bill as it is today. It's a shell of a bill right now. We all know that. I have changes urged by my state's governor that will have to be included to earn my support for final passage of any bill. I know many of you will have to see the bill change substantially for you to support it. We tried to do this by coming up with a proposal behind closed doors in consultation with the administration then springing it on skeptical members, trying to convince them that it's better than nothing. That it's better than nothing? Asking us to swallow our doubts and force it past a unified opposition. I don't think that's going to work in the end, and probably shouldn't. The administration and congressional Democrats shouldn't have forced through Congress without any opposition support of social and economic change as massive as Obamacare. And we shouldn't do the same with ours. President Donald Trump, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, and Senator John McCain all speaking in Washington, D.C. yesterday. President Trump from the White House Rose Garden and Senators McConnell and McCain from the Senate floor about the 51 to 50 vote that cleared the way for the Senate to debate bills to repeal and repeal Uh, replace the Affordable Care Act, also known as the ACA or Obamacare. The vote simply to debate a health care bill was about as close as it could have been, with Vice President Mike Pence breaking the 50-50 tie in his increasingly more present role as president of the Senate. Republicans were only even able to achieve 50 votes after Senator John McCain of Arizona heard last there 
recently diagnosed with brain cancer and recovering from surgery to remove a blood clot over his left eye, returned to the Senate to deliver an impassioned plea for bipartisanship and transparency in government. He received a standing ovation. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Trump Watch. Tonight, we'll examine where the battle over health care is in the Senate and where it's headed with Russell Berman, a senior associate editor at The Atlantic. Since opening the Senate floor to debate replacing the Affordable Hair, uh, <clears throat> to, re to debate replacing the Affordable Hair, uh, Care Act, efforts to pass along bills doing just that have yet to be successful. One bill floated late last night, hours after the debate de began in the Senate, that was, as the New York Times, uh, Thomas Kaplan and Robert Pear described it, Republican senators, quote, most comprehensive plan to replace Barack Obama's health law, failed in the Senate by a vote of 43 to 57. And earlier today, a bill that, repe that repealed some aspects of Obamacare without offering a replacement was voted down 45 to 55. Is this just the beginning of an unbreakable wall of resistance to health care reform among senators that McConnell finds himself up against? or simply the kind of early disagreements that can be expected in any Senate debate. Here to help us understand how the fight to reverse President Obama's signature policy achievement is playing out in the Senate is Russell Berman, a senior associate editor at The Atlantic covering politics. His article, Republicans Reject Another Obamacare Repeal Plan, was published on TheAtlantic.com earlier today. Hello, what Russell. Welcome to Trump Watch. Thank you so much for joining me. Russell. Hello, thanks for having me. Hi. As I mentioned in the introduction, uh, the Republican majority in the Senate has already shot down a comprehensive repeal and replace bill, as well as a bill that would repeal parts of the ACA, but not all of it, and wouldn't have offered a replacement. I've heard talk uh, of a more limited, or as you describe in your piece, the so-called skinny repeal. Could you talk a bit about what options are left for Mitch McConnell and the Republicans in the Senate, and what bill you expect them to vote on next? Sure. So right now, we know what, <clears throat> what we know what the Senate cannot pass. They can't pass a straight repeal of Obamacare. Uh, they cannot pass, as it stands, the Mitch McConnell replacement plan. Uh, the skinny repeal right now, it looks like it would include, <clears throat> excuse me. No problem. Right now, it, it looks like it would include just the individual mandate, uh, and the in employer mandate, the, the requirements that employers provide insurance and that everybody buy insurance or pay a tax penalty as well as repeal the medical device tax. Um, so this would be a very limited repeal, although it could do, if it ever became law, uh, experts say it could do a lot of damage because the individual mandate in particular is really what makes the whole law work. It, it allows insurers to continue to make a profit uh, by covering people with pre-existing conditions and by um, adhering to all the other minimum standards in Obamacare. Um, now, the question is whether if they were to pass this, whether the House would simply take it up and pass it as is, or whether there would be a conference committee and weeks more of negotiations between the House and the Senate. And that's basically at the heart of a lot of this debate, right, is that a lot of the most popular aspects 
of the ACA, uh, um, or should I say the least popular aspects, uh, like the mandate that forces everyone to buy health insurance or pay a tax penalty, are also what keeps it afloat, right? That's correct. It's a very it's a very intertwined, interconnected law. Very complicated. That's why Democrats had a problem selling it to the public to begin with, uh, to sort of explain what the trade-offs were. And the, the individual mandate is a key trade-off. And, and we know that because even in their replacement plans, the Republicans have tried to repeal the mandate, but re- replace it with different types of incentives or punishments for people who do not have insurance. In the House plan, um, the policy was that if you do, if you went without insurance for more than two months at a time, you would have to pay a higher premium uh, and basically a fee to the insurance companies. And in the original, in the McConnell Senate plan, uh, you would be essentially locked out uh, for, from getting coverage for six months if you went at, went without insurance for two months. So even the Republican plans include some concept similar to the individual mandate, so that if they just repealed it without replacing it with anything, uh, that could un the, the individual market even more than they claim it's collapsing today. What other aspects of this debate do you feel that Senate Republicans are the most divided on? So the big one is Medicaid, right? The, uh, the, the moderates or the people who are closer to the, cent- the political center in the Republican co- conference, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, uh, Rob Portman, Shelley Moore Capito, they're all very concerned about the, the $700 billion in cuts over 10 years in the McConnell plan. But conservatives see the Medicaid cuts as the biggest entitlement reform uh, that that's in the bill. So this has been a debate and a, and a divide for for months now, and it's one reason why they might have to go to the skinny repeal because the skinny repeal would not touch Medicaid, and they would either um, sort of toss it back over into more negotiations and see if they could come up with a, a, a compromise with the House later, or they would just do any reform at all. What else is in the skinny repeal plan? It's as we understand it. It's of course we, we don't have any text of this uh, proposal, and apparently it's still under discussion uh, among the Republican senators. But as as we understand it right now, it's just those three p- provisions. It's a repeal of the individual mandate uh, to buy insurance, the employer mandate to offer insurance for most businesses, um, and the medical device tax, which is a uh, one of the many taxes. Um, uh, has drawn opposition from both uh, Democrats and Republicans. So I think Republicans would would be trying to entice some of the Democrats to support this, though it's unlikely at this stage in the game that any of them would. In your Atlantic article from today, uh, you you write about how the Congressional Budget Office has, as you said, not analyzed the skinny repeal plan, and there is no text on it, but that a lot of health policy experts, quote, believe it would result in about 15 million fewer people having insurance over a decade, as well as higher premiums for those who do. Uh, But with the CBO uh, estimating last month that the previous Senate plan to repeal the ACA would knock 22 million people off of their health care, 
isn't this the most charitable plan that we've seen uh, so far? And are Senate Republicans just resigned to the fact that millions of people will lose their health care under this plan? Yes and no. One, the, you know, so, uh, many of the Senate Republicans are just choosing to dispute uh, the CBO's projections entirely. So just as dispute that the previous plan would cost 20, 22 million people their insurance, they'll probably dispute uh, the 15 million number. They also say, and they would have a little bit more, um, you know, ground to stand on by claiming this, is that many of the people who would not have insurance as a result of their plan, would be, it would be because they're not being forced to, to buy something. So the Republicans say, well, if you, if you don't require that somebody buy something, they might not buy it. And so that's why uh, millions of people would, would be without insurance that, that have it today. It's not that they're losing their coverage, it's that they would be choosing not to sign up. And of course, the Democrats say it's much more complicated than that, and many of the people would lose their coverage because it would simply become unaffordable. Um, but that's the debate that they've already been having. And so I think for many of the Republicans, they would continue that argument um, with the, the 15 million number. And for some of the Republicans, I think you're right. Uh, you might see some of the more moderate Republicans say, well, at least it's a big improvement over the previous plans in terms of, of coverage losses. But of course, we're still talking about you know, 15 million people not having insurance. So it's not exactly a uh, necessarily a winning argument for them. President Trump has said that if Senate Republicans can agree on a complete overhaul of the American health care system, they should just repeal the Affordable Care Act first and then work on a replacement later. He tweeted on June 30th, if Republican senators are unable to pass what they are working on now, they should immediately repeal and then replace at a later date. Is this still possible now that the bill for a more limited repeal has been voted down, is particularly if this skinny repeal doesn't end up getting the votes it needs to pass? Right. The, the vote today pretty much killed the idea of just repealing it without a replacement. It didn't come close to the 50 votes that it would have needed in the Senate. Uh, in the Senate, uh, it got, I think, 40, 45 votes, so it was five votes short. Um, now, one possibility is that the skinny repeal, as we speak right now, is still, you know, a viable option. They haven't voted on that yet. And it's possible that, you know, the, the provisions of the, the skinny repeal that I mentioned, they may add more provisions to it if they can talk to their members and get 50 of them essentially to agree to repeal more of the law without replacing it. Um, but that's a big question mark. And I think uh, the vote today pretty much killed the idea of of repeal only. I've often heard it said by political analysts that President Trump doesn't really care what's in this health care bill as long as it passes and as long as it's popular. Do you agree with that sentiment? Is there anything else that President Trump is hoping for in the outcome here? You know, I kind of have to agree with that sentiment based on everything that he said. In terms of policy, you know, he's been all over the map. At the beginning of the year, he was talking about wanting a bill that, that provided insurance for everybody. And of course, these bills don't come close to doing that, and yet he's endorsing them. Uh, during the campaign, he promised not to cut Medicaid, and these bills cut Medicaid deeply, and he's still supporting them. Um, you know, he's, it's very well known that he wants to win and, and, and 
when we saw him at the White House last week with Senate Republicans, it was the first time that he really had talked in any detail about what was in the bill. And even then, he was reading uh, from from some talking points. It made it kind of seemed like he was reading them from the, for the first time. So he really hasn't, in any public way, talked, tried to sell this as a policy. And so, you know, it's possible that in the private conversations, he knows more about the subject than he, you know, gives a, a public impression of knowing. But publicly, at least, he's only talking about get me a bill that I can sign. Let's back up for a bit and talk about how this process is likely to play out in the Senate this week. Uh, You write in your Atlantic article from today, Republicans reject another Obamacare uh, repeal plan that an all-night voterama has been tentatively set for tomorrow evening. What does that really mean? And if it happens, what do you think the repeal and replace effort will look like Friday morning? Uh, that's a good question. So the on these bills that are budget bills in the Senate, uh, the Senate has, of course, a very complicated procedure. Uh, they have the condition that um, allows one party, in this case, the Republicans, to pass a bill only with a simple majority instead of a filibuster proof 60 votes. The trade-off is that they have to allow uh, a virtually unlimited amendment process as long as those amendments are germane, are relevant to the bill. And so the way that the Senate d- does this is usually in one big clump of time where they basically vote on amendments until they're all tired and they're, and they're exhausted. And so what we're going to see is just exactly what it sounds like. Uh, senators proposing amendments, they'll, they'll literally have just 30 seconds or a minute to debate them or to really just explain what the, what the amendment is, and then they'll vote up or down. Um, most of them will fail. A lot of them are going to be politically motivated amendments offered by Democrats to try to put Republicans in a different, a difficult position or to sort of, um, you know, make a, a poison pill amendment that would render the bill unsupportable by uh, Republicans. But it, it all could be a moot point because what happens after the Voterama is that you have this bill that is now uh, a mishmash because some of the many of the amendments will have passed, many more will have failed. Uh, so they'll have to make sense of, of what the bill looks like after all of these changes. But then uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, he can essentially do an amendment that incorporates all of the amendments that have passed, or some of them, or none of them. And that final amendment will be the actual bill uh, that they're voting on. So they could vote essentially on dozens of am- amendments and none of them might be in the final bill. And the final amendment that McConnell provo- proposes, we expect right now, would be the skinny repeal uh, or whatever they've decided that, you know, has the best chance of getting 50 Republicans to support. Um, and so that's what's going to happen in the Senate. Another bit of popular wisdom on the battle to overturn Obamacare is that Republicans are really just going through the motions to get anything they can pass because so many of them ran on this issue for the last eight years. How much do you agree or disagree with that statement? And if somehow this issue was no longer linked with our previous president, how many Republicans do you think would still be pushing for health care reform? Uh, you know, that's a good question, too. It, th- that's part of the divide that we've seen in the Republican Party goes right to that 
uh, to that question. There are clearly many Republicans who feel uh, pressure and um, are compelled, feel compelled to keep their promise. They promised, whether it was right or wrong, to repeal and replace uh, Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, and they feel that they have to keep their promise, whatever the results may be. Then you have this whole other group of senators who made the same promise, but now that the law is in place and, and millions of their constituents are affected by it, uh, they are much more concerned about what the uh, resulting policy is going to be. And so you see these senators like Rob Portman of Ohio or Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, uh, Collins of Maine, Murkowski of Alaska. Th these senators are uh, really sort of getting into the details and listening to their governors and, and uh, their constituents. And, and not to say that they're necessarily right or wrong, but they're clearly rethinking the idea of just repeal and replace, even though these senators all made that same promise. So I don't know exactly how many of them would support the law if it wasn't attached uh, to the name Barack Obama, but uh, clearly we've seen a big shift in the dynamic uh, that's been exposed by, by this debate. In your article, uh, you quoted Secretary of Health and Human Services Tom Price in an interview this morning on CNBC where he said, quote, what we need to do in the Senate is figure out what the lowest common denominator is, what gets us to 50 votes so we can move forward on health care reform. Can you explain what you think he means by the lowest common denominator? I think he's referring to this idea of a skinny repeal. It's basically saying we had this huge, uh, well, not huge, but relatively large and comprehensive bill that Mitch McConnell proposed in which we saw failed. And what he's saying is essentially, let's take out all of the, all of the policies that divide our conference and only pass those which we can agree on. And we have to find what that lowest common denominator, that, that bare minimum essentially of what Republicans, 50 of them in the Senate, uh, can agree on. And it seems like at the moment, and of course, this being the Senate, it could change uh, in the next hour or two, uh, it, it seems that they are honing in on a skinny repeal of basically just repealing those provisions which 50 of them will support. It may be the, the mandates and that tax. It may be other provisions. Um, it may be a little bit more or a little bit less. Um, but that's, I think, what he was referring to. Do you believe that if the efforts to pass the skinny repeal fail in the Senate, that there's a possibility to return to the more transparent congressional actions of the past that McCain was calling for in his speech before the Senate that we played at the top of the show? Yes, I think what, you know, what would happen now that they've entered this process, now that the, the significance of voting to begin debate is because of the Senate rules, they can't really easily try it again. So if the reconciliation process fails, if they don't pass any bill, then they would uh, return, as they say, to regular order and working with Democrats on a bill that could get 60 votes uh, or that would need to get 60 votes. And that would be a, a bill that you know would fix uh, parts of Obamacare, but, but not repeal it or replace it. The, the question is, is, is is that even possible? Is there, there are certainly some Republicans and some Democrats who would work together, but would there be 60 votes in the Senate? Would there be a majority in the House? 
that could pass something? And, and where is the will among the Republican leaders and the Democratic leaders to actually work together on this? We haven't seen it so far. Um, so that would be the big question if uh, the Republicans fail to pass a bill. It's certainly possible, but you know it's hard to see, given the climate right now, uh, President Trump signing a bill that's been passed by bipartisan majorities that just fixes Obamacare, given all of the rhetoric. But it's certainly possible. Right. I mean, who outside of John McCain would be the most in favor of returning to the, uh, what is it called, normal order, did you say? Regular order. Regular order, order, yes. Nomenclature in the Senate uh, and the Congress. So um, in addition to McCain, we've heard uh, Senator Susan Collins, of course, who has voted against all of the uh, Republican proposals so far. She wants to go into bipartisan talks. Senator Lisa Murkowski of of Alaska has talked about doing this. Sen- even Senator Lamar Alexander, who's a chairman of the of the Health Committee in the Senate, has talked about potentially doing this. So there certainly would be um, a group of people, and there would be some negotiations. Um, but until they're sort of endorsed by the leadership um, and given a chance to succeed, um, you know, it's it's not clear how far they would go. Uh, because even if they came up with some deal among a group of Republicans and Democrats, you know, they'd have the Mitch McConnell would have to decide to bring it for a vote. Uh, if it passed the Senate, Paul Ryan in the House, the Speaker of the House would have to decide to bring it to a vote. So there would be a long way to go. And it's, it's hard to see um, certainly anything happening very quickly on that. And just in the last 60 seconds that we have here, uh, I realize you're not a fortune teller or a pundit. But as someone following this process extremely closely, what do you see as the most likely outcome moving forward? Uh, and when is the critical time to be watching? Are you staying up all night for the Voterama tomorrow night, for example? <laughs> so I would say this isn't going to be a super helpful answer, but the, the chances, I think, are about 50-50. I think they've been about 50-50 for a while now, ever since the House passed their bill. If the Senate passes something... Um, it really, you know, the closer they get to a re- resolution, the harder it is for them to fail in the sense that they're, they'd be more invested in it. More of their members will have voted for something. So um, I don't know that it's going to be a skinny repeal uh, that might pass the Senate, but that might not be the bill that ultimately gets signed into law. Um, and, and I would watch on Friday. It looks like that's when the, uh, the climactic vote will be. Thank you very much. My guest has been Russell Berman, a senior associate editor at The Atlantic covering politics. His article, Republicans Reject Another Obama Repeal Plan, was published on TheAtlantic.com earlier today. You're listening to Trump Watch on WBAI 99.5 FM, Pacifica Radio, New York. And that's going to do it for this week's show. This program was engineered live by Reggie Johnson. You can hear all 34 previous episodes of Trump Watch at SoundCloud.com slash Trump Watch WBAI or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter or contact me directly at the email address jesse at WBAI.org. And I'll be back next Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. when we'll break down another aspect of the Donald Trump administration. Until then, I'm your host, Jesse Lent. Talk to you next time.